But the, the problem is, I think, so many times, and this is what I've seen over the years, you know, probably 20, over 20 years, uh, you know, ministering to couples and single people, is people just rush in, they get emotionally attached, they start sleeping together, and then suddenly it's like they're, they're caught up in this relationship and it may not even be the, the right person for them. We need a proper perspective on singles because single people aren't defective married people, okay? And so uh, we don't need to try to fix you or feel sorry for you. God, and that's the thing, just because a person is a Christian doesn't mean that they're necessarily meant for you. There's plenty of Christians, but there's different categories of Christians. Do you want a Christian that's on fire for God? Or do you want a Christian that you're going to have to drag out of bed every Sunday morning and say, come on, we're going to church? So, um, Pastor Joanna has kindly agreed to let me start this week. Um, the last time we spoke, uh, she started. So, uh, Glory to God. I just thought, uh, anyway, it's going to be fun today. Um, so I just want to start with a question. Uh, what other day start? Uh, what other day falls on February the fourteenth? Anybody? No. But the, uh, what other day? We all know Valentine's falls on the fourteenth. Um, but aside from that, um, SAD Singles Awareness Day. And, um, you know, in reality, you know, many times as married people, we're utterly oblivious to the needs and to the circumstances and to the trials of, of single people. Because, you know, for many of us, you know, we've kind of crossed the Jordan and, um, you know, many times we forget what it's like to be single. And so sometimes as married people, we can be very insensitive uh, to your needs or to your situation. And that's why I wanted to start today with a singles joke. Um, <laughs> A man stands at the edge of a canyon looking down and he shouts out, I love you. And the echo comes back, I just want to be friends. <laughs> so I don't know if there's anybody can identify with that. Um, I was there for many years, firmly locked into the, into the friend zone uh, with Joanna. And, um, you know, it wasn't an easy time uh, because, you know, from the first time I saw this woman back in 1999, no, I married in 1999. First time I saw her back in 1992, um, I fell in love with her. Uh, people talk about love at first sight. Well, for me, it was um, love at first, first sight now. And, and again, just... Just for the balance of this, you know, please don't use me as an excuse to stalk somebody, you know, <laughs> if they don't reciprocate your feelings for them, okay? I'm not in any way endorsing that, but for me, it was love at first sight, even though it took Joanna four or five years to come around to the idea of, of uh, you know, marrying a country boy. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> um, I remember I would drive home from Kerry after church. I used to drive up to church on a Sunday. And um, I would drive home and I would kind of rehearse in my mind whatever she had said to me that day, uh, even if it was a brief conversation. Um, you know, because the, the way she would talk to me and the way she would look at me, you know, there was a sparkle in her eyes, even if she didn't even realize it. There was, when she would talk to me, she was just very smitten. And... Um, uh, as was I, and um, but anyway, we would talk for hours because there was a, an undeniable chemistry between us. Uh, but she still insisted we were just friends, and um, and and yet God would speak to me in the silence. Like I said, I asked her out three or four different times. Each time she said no, we're just friends, and um, and I would retreat back into my uh, friend zone. And um, but in that place of discouragement, God would speak to me and say. Uh, one day she will be your wife. Now, I wasn't dumb enough to say that to her, and, and she had some other guys that did say that, um, you know, to try and convince her. And, you know, it's, it's never a good idea to, to, you know, to try and drag God into the situation, to try and convince somebody to, to get with you. And, um, but, but anyway, uh, you know, I had to get some perspective um, before our relationship could happen. And this was the thing. Um, she didn't realize that I was the one for her, but I didn't realize 
that there's an, a very important principle um, in relationships, and this is this, God comes first. And God has to come first. There's a principle in the Bible, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you, Matthew 6, 33. So I had to grow up, uh, you know, uh, spiritually, and I had to connect with my creator and my calling before uh, God would allow me uh, to marry my wife. And, uh, you know, this, this is important. I had to answer the call of God on, on my life and serve him um, on, on his terms, not on mine. You see, I wanted to get with Joanna on my terms, but God had to bring me to a place where I was satisfied in him and where uh, he was coming first. Because otherwise you can fall into idolatry. You know, the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So it was during that season I learned to wait on the Lord. And, you know, it was in the process of that long period of waiting as a single man that I learned a vital lesson. And that is Christ comes first. Amen. And Christ is enough as we sing uh, because he can fill those empty places in your heart. You know, John 3.31, and I'm going to bring Joanne in here in a couple of minutes, but I just wanted to kind of uh, lay, a, 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 I suppose, a, a framework for where we're going to be going today. John 3.31, he comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. You see, God is a jealous God. The Bible says he's a consuming fire. And so he wants to come first in our lives. And so the question is, do you serve God or like so many others, um, have you simply signed up for fire insurance? Okay, because the, the only life worth living is a life lived for God. Paul the Apostle said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so, you know, we must live for the Lord because a person will not satisfy or fulfill you. You must first find that fulfillment in God. And out of that fulfillment, you can share your life with another person. Okay? And unless you do that, you will enter a relationship with unreasonable expectations. You know, and you'll be like a parasite sucking the life out of the other person. Make me happy. And they can't do that because, um, again, you're going to be looking for something from a person that you can only get from God. Amen. And uh, so you'll be looking for them to make you happy when in reality you'll be making them miserable. Okay. So a person can't fulfill you because the truth is this. There are deep needs on the inside of every human person that another person cannot meet. Only God can meet. So, you know, I had to understand that fulfillment and happiness comes from a person rather, uh, comes not from a person, but true Christ. And so your relationship with God is essential. And um, so I, I suppose I just wanted to say that because, you know, the first thing I believe we need to deal with is perspective. You know, the definition of perspective is this, the capacity to view things in their true relationships are relative importance. Because you know sometimes we can lose our perspective. You know maybe you feel like you're getting older. Or maybe you're lonely and you decide to just lower your standards. Lower your expectations and just go with the first person that comes across your way. And when we lose perspective um, we end up getting into trouble. The Bible says where there is no vision the people perish. And so... Uh, or, or another version says people lose restraint, uh, uh, cast off restraint. And so if you lose perspective um, uh, on what God is doing in your life and on where God is bringing you to, you may end up, uh, you know, uh, going down a pathway God doesn't want you to. So I'll just pass it over to Joanna. Amen. Praise God. That's good. He promised he wouldn't say anything embarrassing. So, so yeah. far, so good. <laughs> um, supernatural singles. The Lord put on our hearts a few weeks, well actually a few months ago to do this series and uh, I think it's great actually since uh, that we've started a new ministry in the church with um, Eamon and Marta. I want to stand up just so everybody knows, uh, Complete Singles. They're doing a great job. Well done guys. Um, it's something we've wanted to do for so long because they're singles of all ages. There's people in this room that are single and, and there's all sorts of ages. And uh, on Friday, um, we were going for coffee with, I was going to coffee with a few friends celebrating a birthday. And there was uh, a beautiful lady that we've known for years. And she was, she was there. She was, I think, 83. 
And she just, she just came out in the conversation. She says, I'm still, I'm still believing for my godly husband. And she was 83. And, and she was serious. She was serious. And so, you know, there is a, a desire on the inside of every, every one of us uh, for companionship. And that's, that's wonderful. And that's, God created that because in the Garden of Eden, he had created Adam and everything was wonderful. The surroundings were beautiful. Everything was, you know, if we had been there, it would have been, you know, waterfalls and beautiful flowers and just completely idyllic surrounding. But yet there was something missing. Adam was there, but he was on his own and he had nobody to enjoy it with. And so I love it. In, in Genesis 2 verse 18, it says, the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And comparable is a very uh, appropriate word because we're, we're doing premarital counseling for a long time. And over the last year in particular, we've probably done about maybe, we've um, done 10 couples. We've done Zooms with premarital Zooms. And it's so funny to observe every time you see a couple, they are so different. They are just, it's just the differences are amazing. And, you know, it's either like the husband's really laid back or the, the wife's a bit more kind of uptight, which is definitely in our case, this, the situation. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's such differences between them. But you see how God brings two completely different people and he brings them as one and they complement each other perfectly. Now, it doesn't always seem like that. Sometimes when you see those differences, you think, oh my goodness, have I married the wrong person? But actually, God knows what he's doing. He, he knows what he's doing. And so God's design from the beginning has always been companionship. And I really do believe that loneliness is a plague in our society today. Yeah. It really is. It's a plague. So many lonely people. And you think, I believe this, we were created uh, to have companionship, but we also were created to have fellowship, fellowship with our Heavenly Father, with the Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And so the emptiness and the void that you feel when you're not saved, Jesus is to fill that void, not a person. But once you've received Christ, then it puts you in a place where you are able to come together in, in, a, in a spiritual union and become one flesh and serve the Lord together. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful union. And so I do believe if your desire is to marry, it doesn't matter what age you are. You could be 18 or you could be in your 70s and you desire to be married. I really believe, don't give up. Amen. God has put that desire there. And it says in Psalm 37 verses 3 to 4, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes we just pick that little bit about delighting yourself. You think that's just a little, oh, you know, I love you, Lord, I worship you. No, he's saying, trust in me. Do good. Dwell in the land. There's conditions upon receiving the desires of your heart. He wants you to delight yourself in him. Put him first, like Pastor John said. So many people, they get so disillusioned, they haven't found that person, and it becomes almost like an idol in their life. That person is, is like, it's, a, it's just, it's their ultimate goal. But God is saying to us, he wants us to delight in him. He wants us to put him first. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All these things is a husband, it's a wife, it's, a ch it's children, it's whatever you desire. And his righteousness is his way of doing things. And this is the problem in today's world. Even the Christians are getting it wrong. They're not doing it in God's way. They're living together first, seeing if they're compatible. No, that's not what you do. You hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen. You don't try in, in the natural to try and see, oh, is this the right person for me? Does he put the lid back on the toothpaste? Does he put the toilet seat back down? You have to go back, way back, and ask the Lord and say, is this the person for me? Holy Spirit, show me. Is this the person I'm going to uh, carry out my destiny here on earth with? with that person. Is that the person for me? But the, the problem is, I think so many times, and this is what I've seen over the years, you know, probably 20, over 20 years, uh, you know, ministering to couples and single people is people just rush in, they get emotionally attached, they start sleeping together, 
and then suddenly it's like they're they're caught up in this relationship and it may not even be the, the right person for them and they're soul tied their soul is a soulish connection that they formed which really is designed purely for marriage according to the word of God and so you have to bring God into the equation it's the most one after receiving Jesus Christ it's the most important decision you'll ever make who you're going to align yourself with for the rest of your life is very key me and Pastor John coming together, I don't believe if we hadn't done that, this would not be here. This church would not be here. You would not be here. It's so important. And we need to, the problem is we need to just, is sometimes we get very emotional. We get very fleshy and carnal when it comes to relationships. But God is saying, just wait, just stop. Do you have a green light or do you have a red light about that person? I got involved with somebody when I was, a, was younger, and I just, all the time, and I was a Christian, and he was, he was a Christian, but he wasn't really serving God. And that's the thing. Just because a person is a Christian doesn't mean that they're necessarily meant for you. There's plenty of Christians, but there's different categories of Christians. Do you want a Christian that's on fire for God? Or do you want a Christian that you're going to have to drag out of bed every Sunday morning saying, come on, we're going to church? No, you don't want that. You want somebody who's heart is on fire for God, who, who loves the Lord with all of his heart, mind, and strength. And when he does that, he will love you in that same love. You can't expect somebody who's wishy-washy in their relationship with God to fulfill you and to, to love you if Jesus Christ isn't the foundation of his relationship. So don't settle for second best. So it's funny, I got, uh, that, was, that was my kind of uh, secondary school if you like, sweetheart, which it really, it really wasn't a very good relationship. Then I, I moved on and there was somebody else and he was a Christian and he was on a worship team and he seemed very on fire for God, a great evangelist, what, what not. But I remember going to my pastor and this is something you should do. If you are not sure, seek counsel from somebody that's, you know, that you, who will speak into your life, who will mentor you, who will tell you the truth. Because sometimes your friends will just say, yes, yes, oh, he's lovely, go for it. But go to somebody spiritually mature and ask them. And I remember going to him and he said, he's, he's not the one. He's not God's best for you. And I said, okay, I, I received that. He's not God's best. And I went and told him. I was, I was foolish. I said, you know, you're not God's best for me. <laughs> I was only probably 20, so really stupid. <laughs> and he was really offended. But, you know, he wasn't. The Lord knew. The Lord knew that, that, that John was the one for me. And so bring God into the equation. Um, Proverbs 18.22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And when you get married, the favor of God, it just multiplies in your life. We saw it. It was from daylight to night to day. It was just the, the blessings of God, the favor of God, how God opened doors for us in ministry together because we were, we were in the will of God. And I do believe, people say, oh, I don't believe God has the one for you. But I do believe that. I believe that God has a blueprint for your life. Yeah. It talks about it in, um, if we just turn to, uh, there's a couple of scriptures here, but Jeremiah 1, verse 5. And if we could put that one up on the screen. And while we're doing that, I'm just going to read Ephesians 1, verse 4. It says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And Jeremiah 29, it talks about, I alone know the plans that I have for you. So he has a plan for your life. He has a blueprint for your life, but it's up to you whether you choose to walk in it or not. It's like when you get a word of prophecy, that doesn't automatically come into, 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 into fruition in your life. You have to do something about it. And so Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, he's talking to Jeremiah, but we can put ourselves in there because he knew every one of us. The very hairs of our head are numbered. He has a plan for you. And so that's exciting to know that God has somebody for you specifically. Amen. But the Bible also makes it very clear in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 to 15. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? 
Now, if you're already, you know, you're already in a, in a marriage where you got saved after you're, you know, you got married and your husband's still not a believer, your wife's still not a believer, look, don't, that's not telling you to get out of that relationship. God will speak to you specifically what to do and how to, how to respond to your husband or your wife. But this is talking particularly about people who are planning to get married or planning to get into a relationship. Don't be unequally yoked. An unequal yoke, if you know what, in the old days, the yoke, it went over the oxen, it went around the two parts. And if it was unequally yoked, it would be like this to the side. And it would be very hard to, to, to move forward because there's uneven balance. But God is saying that to us. Don't be unequally yoked. It, it, you know, this is the thing. When you first meet the person and it's, it's very like, oh, he's, he's gorgeous. You know, he, he has a lovely singing voice. He plays the guitar and, you know, he's very slim and all these kind of things. Listen, circumstance change. In a few years, that's going to be probably a pop belly. He's going to probably lose a bit of hair, you know, but we don't think of this thing. It's like, you know, on alcohol ads, we have all the people that are out drinking and they all look really healthy. Like they go to the gym every day. But look, realistically, if you were to, be, to, do, to do drink as much as, as these people do, you would, you would be overweight, you wouldn't be looking as good as these people in the ads. And this is what the devil does. He portrays a picture of a person and he just says, you know, just, just go for that person. You're impulsive. Okay, I'm just going to, he's just amazing. But wait, 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 wait. Is he the one? Is he the one God has for you? Is she the one that God has for you? And so we need to ask God into the equation. If you, if you want to jump in there. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and again, this is the importance of that. Waiting on the Lord. <clears throat> just the way I'm learning to wait on my wife here. Just, that her, just do go with what, what you're going with, you know, because there's, there's an anointing on her, you know, and uh, uh, I'm a very blessed man to have this woman in my life. I really am. But, you know, just jumping in with what she's talking about there about learning to wait, um, you know, sometimes, like I said, we can feel we're running out of time, or maybe some of your friends have gotten married and and you feel you're getting older, like I said, you're lonely. And, and that's how we do lose perspective. Um, because when we lose perspective, that's when we make bad decisions. Um, you know, like saying, oh, what's the use? Living holy just doesn't work for me. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of, of uh, this is probably over 30 years ago now, but uh, I had a friend of mine visiting from the States. I was uh, newly saved. And um, I, I'd finished up with my last girlfriend, and I was pretty lonely. I'd asked Joanne out, and she'd said no on a number of occasions. And um, so uh, my friend from the States, um, he, was, he was a cool guy. He was a Christian. And um, so it was Saturday night. We just found ourselves in town, um, you know, all dressed up, ready to rumble, uh, sitting in the car, I mean, if you'd stepped into the car, your eyes would have started watering. There was so much aftershave. And, um, you know, we, were, we ended up, for some reason, parked outside the, the local nightclub, Ravel's. And um, so we're sitting there just chatting, and there's all these beautiful women walking past us into the nightclub. And we were Christians, uh, but we were single, ready to mingle. <laughs> and we were human. Let's be honest, and uh, it hadn't worked out with Joanna, or so I thought, and um, I remember my friend, we just sat there in, in silence as these beautiful women were walking past us, and uh, my friend was having palpitations, I could, and, and, and he, he kind of gulped, and he said, well, um, if, if this is the only way we can meet young people... <laughs> He was a believer, but he was far away from anybody who knew him. So he was open to lowering his standards and suffering for the kingdom to help me out. And um, I remember I was so tempted. And I remember I, I, ju I just felt that still small voice on the inside saying, Joanna is the woman for you. I knew if I went into the nightclub, we would end up drinking and we would end up with, with you know, different women. But... I just, there was something on the inside of me saying, you need to wait. You need to wait for, for, for the, the person that God has for you. And so I remember I started the car and I drove away with my deeply disappointed red-haired American friend. 
who was, who was deeply disappointed. He was, but you know, I'm so glad I kept my perspective because in that moment, I decided to keep a long-term perspective as opposed to giving in to the feelings of the moment. Amen. And we all can be tempted to do that at times because you see, deep down, I knew I couldn't marry a woman of the world and answer the call of God that was on my life. I knew I needed to, 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 to marry a woman who would be willing to, to, to you know, serve the Lord for the rest of her life because I knew I was called to preach the gospel. And you know, it was difficult in that moment to say no to the flesh, but you know what? I believe she was worth the wait. Amen. So as the church, we need a proper perspective on singles because single people aren't defective married people. Okay, and so uh, we don't need to try to fix you or feel sorry for you. You know, this is the season you're in right now. You're in a single, a season of singleness, and maybe it's gone on longer than you've wanted. But you know what? Don't quit and don't get discouraged. And you know, like I said, as the church at times, if we have been insensitive, you know, then you know, forgive us. Uh, because this is the thing, you know, many of you may be happy right as you are. I mean, uh, others of you will marry in God's time. But, uh, you know, there are others who, like Paul, just are, are, are happy as you are. And, um, but either way, I think it's important not to push things. Because that's how people get into trouble is they start to, to push and try and make things happen in the flesh. I mean, you know, I was there as a single man at times where, you know, I tried to make things happen uh, in the flesh where I decided, ah, well, you know, forget about all this. And, uh, but, you know, God in His grace kept me from making uh, mistakes. So don't push things or give in to panic, feeling you've missed your moment. You know, m- meeting the right person may take time, but it's worth the wait. And so while you may be lonely right now, it's far better than marrying the wrong person and being miserable till death do you part. Um, because sometimes people get desperate and it doesn't help because lowering your standards um, because you're lonely or because you're older uh, doesn't glorify God nor does it lay a good foundation for your future because let me say this you know I've seen men who've literally asked every every woman (laughs) in the church out and and uh, you know it's it's foolish because you know nothing makes you feel special like knowing you're the 15th woman in the last month (laughs) To be asked out. So some of you guys need to hold your, hold your fire like and just, just take your time and pray about the right person. Don't be just this, this kind of scattergun, indiscriminate asking if, if it's a woman and she's breathing, she's not married. You know, I, I, you know, I think it's important to, to, to wait and to pray for the right person. And so, you know, we called our singles ministry complete based on Colossians uh, 2 and verse 10. You are complete in him. So whether you're married, whether you're single, our completeness is found in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, the truth is this. I know this may not be a very exciting message for you if you're married. But, you know, the reality is singles have been badly neglected by the the church for, for too long. And I think it's an area we need to address. And I think if it's something we taught on more, people would make far fewer mistakes and you know like I said we see a lot of single people making some major mistakes getting hooked up with people that they have really no business being with you know listen she may be really beautiful but if she's not a Christian there's no foundation for a marriage if he's not a believer there's no foundation because the Bible says be not unequally yoked as Pastor Joanna has said and so as a single person I'm simply asking you you need to have some perspective on your situation because you know what, uh, like Joanna just said, you know, that it's worth waiting for the right person. Because it, bear this in mind, it is God, not you or I. It is God who holds our times in his hands. And it's he who changes the times and the seasons. And so we can get into trouble when we try to get ahead of God. The same way as we get into trouble where we lag behind. Psalm 32 verse 8 and 9, it says... I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be uh, controlled by bit and bridle, or else they will not come to you. You know the horse and the mule have to have a bit and a bridle, because the horse will run ahead, 
and the mule will lag behind. So you're pulling the mule and you're trying to hold back the horse. And the Bible says, don't be like either of those. Just like Pastor John said, learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Learn to walk in God's timing. Don't give in to desperation or anxiety or fear, feeling like I said, you've missed your moment. Just, just trust God. He has this. You know, you haven't missed your moment. He's a big God. He understands everything. He holds your future. He holds your past. He has the blueprints. And so just walk with him. So the environment that you're in will, de will determine a lot of things as well. If, if you're a person, you're just hanging out a lot with, with people out in the world and um, you're not around other believers, then the, you, you can find that you, you're in an environment and you meet somebody and they're not a Christian. And that, that happens a lot. And it's like, like you said, desperation sinks in. But I really believe the, if you put yourself in an environment where you are putting God first, you're around the people of God, you're in, you're in a church, you're even serving. I mean, amount of people on the media team who have met their partners, future part, life partners, just serving God. They're serving God, and then the person, the person that comes along. And I've seen that time and time again. You're I can't putting. Understand how we haven't found somebody for Enoch? He's in the white. <laughs> he's in the white top up there. Come I on, knew don't he was going to do it. I knew he's he was a good-looking young Nigerian man. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do any more. There's no one else you want to. Don't single out anybody okay, else. I'm sorry, I won't. We love you, Enoch. She's on the way. We're making sure she's on the way. <laughs> okay, so that's. That's what I'm saying is when you are serving God and you have a heart for God and the house of God and the people of God, you're putting yourself in a position because you're putting God first. And you're a lot, of, how many, how many, I know there's not everybody here today that's gotten married, but how many people here have met in the church? You, you're, you're, you came together in the church. That's where you Just met your future. Wave your hand. Just so give us a wave. You. It doesn't have to be this church, but it can be any church that you met your wife. Yes, that's a lot of people. Okay, so I'm right in saying that. <laughs> that's where we met. We met in church. Yeah. Um, so two other things, preparation and expectation. Prepare yourself. Don't put your life on hold until that person comes. You just get, on, get along with your, with your business. You know, serve God, love God, worship God. Do your job. Bring in money. Bring in money. That's important. A lot of Christians are not, you know, they're just waiting. They're waiting. And it's like, your wife will want somebody who's bringing in money regularly, has a salary. No money. No fun. Yeah. No super spiritual thing. Oh, God will provide. Listen, you need to bring in the money. Because when you have children, we've got five kids, it's expensive. Life is expensive. So, you know, so prepare yourself. Prepare yourself physically. Lose some weight. Do exercise. Girls, wear makeup. It's okay to wear makeup in this church. It's okay to wear makeup. Jewelry. You know, be, look nice. Do the best with what you have. That's it. <laughs> An expectation. This is something I think girls sometimes have. It's like have a list you have this huge list of what you're expecting in a man of god and there's like this it's very specific the way he looks the color of his hair that he plays a musical instrument he has a lovely singing voice he goes to the gym he what he loves kids you know all these things and sometimes you know you get so fixated with your list and that person comes along and they're right under your nose, yeah. and you miss them Me. because you are being very carnal in your, yes. She, your... Had, she had a friend who gave her a prophecy that she would marry a blonde man who comes from afar. Now, I did honestly, come from Kerry, but like, you and know. Honestly, I'm... honestly, I really was looking out for, for blonde people. I was. <laughs> I was a young Christian, and I genuinely thought this is the, you know, and obviously, like, his hair is, like, almost black. So, and we were great friends at the time, but it just never, it never dawned on me. But friendship is an important. Have, have you ever been there and you're like, look at me. It's just like, <laughs> Anyway, enough of my problems. Expectations. So, you might need to lower your expectations a bit. I didn't know. I don't mean that for you. I didn't know my expectations. Oh, you were higher than my expectations. But what I'm saying is, he, he doesn't play a guitar. <laughs> he doesn't play a guitar, but he can sing. And he's great with kids. He doesn't, he doesn't take all the boxes, but he, he takes most of the boxes. What I'm saying is, 
Don't be going saying, okay, because he misses that one quality. He's not the man for me. He can't say he's not the man for me or something, whatever ridiculous like that. You know, you have to let go of those expectations. I think I, I see that quote on Instagram during the week. Pastor Joanna, lower your expectations. <laughs> I think they know what I mean. No, what I'm saying is, you know, we have this idealistic view. We watch movies and we see, you know, we watch the romance movies and, you know, we all like that, girls. And we see, the, we see this, uh, the chemistry and the girl and the guy. And, you know, it's like we, we expect our life is going to turn out just like that. But that's not real life. It's not. And so we have this kind of utopian, idealistic view of the man of God that we want. And, and it's very easy to get caught up in this, particularly if you've been believing God for a long time. You can just, it's like you're fixated with this list. But so, so this is the thing. You have to just go before the Lord. And, and this is what I would encourage you, even after today, if you've been one of those people that's just very fixated about who the person's going to be, that he has to be a certain nationality. Some of you have this thing where it has to be a nationality thing. Listen, a lot of people have come together in the church. They've come, they're different nationalities, and it's beautiful to see it. But it's, you know, we have to get rid of, that can be a carnal thing. It can be a thing that we just get into our head, and we won't let it go, and it can cause us to miss the person that God has for us. So, so preparation, expectation is important. Um, friendship is very important. And this is why the singles group is so important because it's, it's people coming together and they're all, they're hanging out socially, they're ha they have a meeting once a month and then they go out and do a social thing every, every other, other week. And you're getting to know people in a safe social setting. Amen. Because friendship has to be the base of your relationship. We were yeah. friends far before, long before we got married. We were friends about four years. And I know jokes about the friend box it makes me look bad every single time but, <laughs> are you joking? but um it wasn't god's timing but also we needed that time to get to know one another and so when we got married it was it was a lot easier because we knew each other pretty well i mean there were a few shocks on either side once we got married like wow you know <laughs> he was probably me and, and me him but you know friendship is so important and so you know you should be able to be comfortable in the, in the, the the, the presence of that person, just be comfortable not saying anything. You should be comfortable, you know, um, just, just being yourself. Don't feel like I have to try and be somebody else. Just be yourself in that person's, in that person's company. And that will really, really help things. And the thing about it is you don't have to commit straight away. This is the thing. Sometimes we feel, oh, just because we're friends, then something has to happen straight away or it has to happen in a few weeks. Just let things progress naturally. We can get very super spiritual. You hear of these engagements after like four weeks. Oh, we're engaged and we're getting married. Those ones often don't last. Very rarely do they, do they last. So um, just, just let things go naturally. Don't be a super spiritual Christian. When we, when we first went out, uh, I think it was mostly girls in the church. So there was two or three guys. And we used to go out for dinner. And this is the way it used to go. And it was really cringy. And I really hated it. So we would sit down. We would all have ordered our food, some more expensive than other. And at the end of the meal, there would, there would be this kind of the muttering thing. And it would be kind of like, so who feels led to, to give towards the, the cost of this meal? <laughs> and I'm like, who feels led? I ordered, I ordered pizza and it cost $15.95. So I'm giving $15.95. But no. So every week... The, 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 the wealthier people of the group ended up paying for the people who had ordered the steak, which was the most expensive thing on the menu. And I'm just like, but there's a lot of so weird Christians out there, super spiritual. And, and women really don't like it. I, I ordered a steak, but I feel led to pay for the spring roll. <laughs> Sorry. And that's true. And it's, you know, and it, ho hopefully times have changed. That was back in the, in the early 20s. What was that? Late, late 90s, maybe? Yeah. So hopefully times late have changed. 90s. And in this church, you know, no, there's no flakiness, hopefully. Um, uh, what was the other thing that used to, Oh, yeah. So if, some, if, you liked, if a guy liked you, this is what used to happen. He would just, you wouldn't know him. You, you'd just come out of the blue. You've never met the guy before. And he'd arrive and he'd have a box of chocolates and he'd say, God told me that you are the person for me. And this happened to me. I'd never met the person in my life. Came up after church. I was like, what? I don't even know this person from Adam. And he asked me to marry him or that I'm the person. 
and, and, and you see, there's some Christians that just are mature spiritually, and because they think God has told this person, then it must be true. And okay, I'll, I'll get to know this person, and, and it's, it's just really weird and flaky. And so it's manipulative. It's manipulative when you tag God onto end, the end of any sentence, it's manipulation in the highest degree. And so I remember looking at the man, I was probably maybe 20, and I said, Well, I'm afraid God has not told me that, so I'm really sorry. So he went off with his box of chocolates. And I'm sure a few weeks later, he probably did it to somebody else in the church. But you know, this is the thing, we have to be wise, we have to be practical, we have to be sensitive. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And the area that Christians get deceived the most is in relationships, because it's an emotional area. And the emotions kick in, and then you, it's very hard to hear from God, whether, you know, whether this, is, this is of God or this isn't of God. So. Yeah. And, you know, just following on from Pastor Joanna was talking about preparation because, you know, preparation, like I said, is because once you get into the relationship and, and particularly once you get emotionally involved or sexually involved, it's, it's going to get very difficult for you to hear from your spirit because the Bible says as many are led by the spirit of God. So, you know, God speaks, uh, you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, God is spirit and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. And so that's where God speaks. He speaks to your spirit, not to your emotions, not to your flesh, not to your mind. And, you know, that's why I'm always a little wary of people that are constantly talking about hearing voices. You know, a lot of times if you're looking to hear voices, you know, the devil will give you as many voices as you want. And so uh, we're not led by signs. Well, you know, if she's wearing a, a red dress, then she's the one. You know, well, statistically speaking, there's a, a chance that that may be the case. But I'm... Uh, we have to be led by the Spirit. And this is why preparation is important. Proverbs twenty four twenty seven, it says, Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. And so here the Bible shows us that the, there's a biblical principle of, of preparing the ground. And, you know, you can never build a house until you first prepared the ground and laid the foundation. And if you don't, Certainly you can build a lot faster, but it's not going to, 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 to last. And so preparation time is never wasted time. You know, there's a saying that if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. You know, General, uh, the U.S. Uh, general uh, from World War II, General Douglas MacArthur said, preparedness is the key to success and victory. Well, you know, as they say, love is war. And so uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, what I has not seen nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man. All these things God has prepared for those who love him. So, you know, every one of you today must understand this. God has prepared uh, things for you. He has prepared your spouse for you. He has prepared your life for you. And in many respects, success isn't about you coming up with some bright ideas. It's about you simply connecting with God's plan that, that already pre-exists for your life. And... It, and, and in that respect, it takes a lot of the pressure off you it, because you can learn to relax and just simply walk in the blueprint and the plan that God has. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you hope in a future. Amen. And so have you prepared your heart for all that God has prepared for you? And um, so as Pastor John alluded to earlier, if you want to get married, get in shape and, uh, you know, lose the belly. And you might say, Pastor John, that's fat shaming. Well, that's good practical advice if you want to get married. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, much of, uh, you know, the whole body positivity movement is simply a recipe for singleness and diabetes. Okay, that might not be politically correct, but, you know, all of this, you, you know, love the size you are. Well, you know, there's basic, you know, biological and scientific principles that, you know, you need to lose weight if you want to be healthy. Okay, and so... If you lose weight, you, lose, you, you look younger. Uh, but you might say, well, the Bible says uh, it, it refers to, you know, the hidden man of the heart. And uh, it, it, yes, it does. That's the spirit, the hidden man of the heart. Uh, but the reality is this. Um, he or she can't see the hidden person yet. Uh, you know, uh, all she can see is that you got, you know, pasta stain all over your shirt and you got a big pot belly. You look like the pregnant man emoji. And um, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, 
I, I find it ironic, you know, um, uh, for some reason I think he looked, uh, you know, they've come up with a pregnant man emoji. Uh, he looks very like Bill Gates. But I, I just think it's ironic that a man looking to give everybody health advice doesn't have a health qualification and he has man boobs and a belly, a big pot belly, you know. But anyway, uh, uh, they can't see the person on the inside, the hidden man. It's hidden, okay? They can only see the outside. Uh, and so while it's good to work on the inside, um, it's also important to work on the outside because some believers go to extremes in the name of being spiritual. Like I said, there are churches and I love them, I respect them, uh, but you know, they ban all makeup and all jewelry uh, as being you know, uh, unspiritual. Some churches won't even, the married people won't even wear a ring, so you can't even identify the married people. But uh, to me, that's, you know, that's an extreme and it's, it's out of balance. And so, uh, let me say this, let me share a secret to you, uh, with you as a man. Aesthetics matter. They don't just matter to women, they, they matter to men. And uh, so again, if you're looking to, to, to meet somebody, it's important, like I said, put on some makeup, dress, dress nicely. Um, it, it may not be politically correct to say this in light of, of how you know, feminism has misrepresented femininity as being somehow weak. Um, you know, men are attracted to uh, femininity and uh, women are attracted to masculinity and and so therefore the more our society you know forces you know us to become uh, more like each other the less attractive we actually are to each other and so like I said feel free to, to to grow bushy eyebrows and hairy legs as a statement of how empowered you are as a woman but all I'm simply saying to you is it's a guarantee that you're gonna end up on your own with two cats okay so so dress well. I, listen, and it's I'm, okay I'm, to have cats, by the it's way. It's okay to have cats. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, people who buy into this ideology, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's just, it's, 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 it's not going to go well. So dress for success. You know, dress well, whether you're a man or a woman. Uh, it, it, you know, you can be stylish uh, and, and still be godly. You don't have to fall into one extreme yes. or the other. You don't have to dress like you're Amish. You know, and you don't have to dress like you're a stripper. There's a balance. Okay? Amen. Is it okay if we have some, some practical, yes. you know, talk here in church? Okay? I'm, I'm just trying to say there's a balance. <laughs> you know, it's not a sin to be stylish. Look at us. Amen. <laughs> um, okay, I know I'm on thin ice with this. But, you know, let me say this. If you're a young person and, and you're dressing like you're 70, um, you're not helping your chances because some, some clothes can make you look much older than you actually are, okay? And um, so either way, prepare your life for the next season that God has for you. Take a night course, get a better job so you can provide, provide for your wife. I, I just want to jump in you know? there. Just when you're talking about, you know, weight and so on, I think... COVID taught us that we have to be good stewards of our bodies because COVID really attacked people that weren't healthy in their bodies, that had yep. that extra weight, that, you know, even mentally, when you, when you have a lot of, carrying a lot of weight, mentally, it's not good for you. And when you're walking, you, you know, you can feel it. You, I mean, I, I've put on, I think, half a, half a stone since we moved house and physically I did not feel myself. And so I had to start, I started doing a bit of just random fasting and it's made such a difference and this isn't just being oh just so I look good it's 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 for your health your health is important the Bible says with long life I will satisfy you and show you uh, my salvation a lot of people hold on to that scripture but they're not living a life that would be conducive to that because they're eating crap excuse the language eating rubbish eating McDonald's, you know, not getting enough sleep, not, not mentally taking the time for themselves, going for walks, exercising. All these things are so important, but we neglect these sometimes. We get so busy and caught up on this sort of treadmill of life, but we have to look after our bodies. I want my body to be healthy and strong so that I'm serving God with my husband in another 30 years time Amen. and that I'm here for my children. I don't want, I don't, I don't want my, to die prematurely because I didn't look after myself physically. I didn't look after myself mentally. I've been down that road and I know it's not nice. And so there's certain things that we can do practically as, as Christians, you know, turning the phone off 
you know, way before bedtime so that your yeah. mind is at rest. That, you know, those blue, that blue ray light, it affects your sleeping. It affects your ability to wind down. Some of us are so hyper because we're just constantly in front of screens. But we need our sleep so that our body can, can replenish, you know, so uh, that we won't be narky first thing in the morning when we get up in the morning around our husband, our kids, whoever. So there's certain things we should do. And, and, and I don't want to make it look like we're being very superficial about the appearance. We're talking about your health. Your health is so important. And it's neglected in Christian circles. In fact, many ministers have died prematurely because they had these really hectic lifestyles. They were so busy. They were, you know, jetting from one place to the other, eating hotel food, eating late at night, not getting enough sleep, and they died from, of heart attacks. And I've noticed a lot of the ministers today now, they, are, they have gym instructors, they're, they're on programs, they eat better, they, they rest, they have their, their sabbaticals. All these things are so important because our bodies are designed to rest, our bodies are designed for healthy food, our bodies are not designed for constant sugar and constant fat and fast foods. They're not. And physically you don't feel good when you eat them. Just like it's like a spirit, your spiritual diet and your physical diet are important. If, you, if you're feeding yourself spiritually with a lot of rubbish, you're not, you're not feeding yourself in the word of God, um, you're around negative people and bad environments, that affects you spiritually. Equally so, when you're eating rubbish and not resting and not taking uh, the time you need, you, you, will feel, you won't be yourself. You won't uh, be 100%. I, I would encourage all of you to drink more water. Uh, drink less coffee. You know, a, a cup of coffee takes three cups of water out of your body. And um, I know I'm, I, I don't talk about coffee, but I, I, I'm just saying physically your body is, I don't know, 70% water, whatever it is. You need to drink a lot of water because it fluxes out the toxins. And the other thing I would say to you is, is fast. You should be fasting, you know, even if it's a meal once a week or two meals once a week. What that does is it gives your body a chance to repair itself and, the, and drinking water flushes the toxins out of your body. And what it also does, for some of you that are struggling maybe with addiction or with bad habits or you can't help yourself, maybe you, you, you know, like I said, you're struggling with your weight, whatever. What fasting does is it, it, uh, it, it pushes, puts your flesh under. Paul said, I put my body under. He, he was talking about his body in the third person because... A lot of people say, well, my body is me. But Paul said, I put my body under. Uh, and so what fasting does is it develops self-discipline so that, you, you know, you can get by with just one piece of cake rather than trying to eat the whole thing. Uh, okay, and, and or, or eating a whole packet of biscuits or, you know, uh, it, there's nothing wrong with eating a little bit of, of stuff. But the problem is, is that as we've seen over COVID, a lot of people put on a lot of weight because they were at home all day and had nothing to do except eat. And so people were stuffing themselves and, uh, and it's not good for you physically. And that's why, like I said, there's, you know, a huge amount of diabetes and all sorts of physical issues out there, heart disease, etc., and a lot of it is simply linked to the fact that people are, are drinking a lot of alcohol, they're eating a lot of sugary foods, and it's not good for them physically. And so, uh, you know, just in terms of what I shared, I, I've spoken about perspective and about preparation. Another one I think that's important um, to deal with quickly is purpose. You know, Genesis chapter 24, I won't go there for the sake of time, but it talks about how Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. And, and so this is the thing is that in our relationship with God, if you are seeking the Lord, he will find the right husband or wife for you. You don't have to be anxious and trying to scanning the crowd and, and, and trying to see, you know, no, God has the right person for you. And so what I would say is this lady, ladies, marry a man with a purpose and a plan. Because if you marry someone who is going nowhere, that is where you're going to end up too. Okay, because, you know, as the man, you're called to lead in the marriage. That's, that's the biblical principle, is that you're the head of the home. But if you marry a man who's going nowhere, uh, that's where you're going to end up as well. And so, um, you know, Isaac was serving God. And, and the important thing to understand is this. He was in the fields because he was a worker, not a talker. The Bible refers to that in Genesis 24. Isaac was in the field when uh, his wife was brought to him and uh, he was married. And so I've seen... Christian men and women dating someone who is worldly, dating someone who is drinking, and that's what they ended up doing too. I've seen people who, who 
I absolutely believe were called of God, but today they're going nowhere because they got hooked up with somebody, and yeah, they might have had the term under the title of being a Christian, but they didn't have the call of God in them, they weren't pursuing the Lord, and you know, they, they ended up going nowhere, so purpose is important. I'm reminded of a young, a young lady that we were youth pastors of, uh, many, many years ago, nearly 25 years ago, I guess now, but um, you know, we, we were, our uh, 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 20 odd years ago anyway, but we were youth pastors and um, she, she ended up marrying a guy and um, he was a Christian. And, um, but you know what, he, he, he was a person that was just constantly talking and talking and talking about this is what he was going to do, that was what he was going to do. And he never did anything, you know, just, you know, we see some people there, they're serial students. They'll do one course and then another and then another. And um, it, they ended up getting divorced, sadly. But I remember I met her a number of years ago, and she said something to me. She said, uh, uh, Pastor John, if I ever marry again, the first thing I'm going to do is look at his hands. Because I want to marry a worker, not a talker. And so, you know, ladies, before you get married, look at him. He's got really soft, creamy hands, and he's constantly rubbing hand cream. I get nervous around guys who use hand cream, I'll be honest, you know, just like... <laughs> You know, the guy who gives you the, the hand that's like a wet fish, you know, it's like, oh, you know, just, um, so purpose is important. And so Proverbs 23, 7, where there's no vision, the people perish or the people cast off restraint. You see, we lose our vision and we drop our standards when we lose sight of purpose. Okay. God has a bigger purpose uh, for your life than what you may currently see. Okay, and so if you do things God's way, you'll walk in God's blessing and God's favor. Joanna and myself were, were uh, virgins when we got married. It's not something to be ashamed of. I believe that's the way God designed it. Okay, because when you start sleeping with a person, you, you develop all sorts of unnecessary entanglements and soul ties that have to be broken before you're married. Personally, I believe the greatest gift you can give to your husband or your wife is the fact that you waited for them. Okay, so it's a precious gift. And if you haven't waited, then you can wait from today on. Okay, God's a God of grace and mercy. This isn't about condemnation or legalism, but this is simply understanding that God has a way of doing things. Purpose will enable you to develop boundaries with the opposite sex. Let me say this. If you, if you have godly boundaries, there are things you won't do, places you won't go, things you won't say, because you know um, where you're going and you know what you're called to do. So purpose means you use common sense. You don't live under the same roof as another man or woman and just act surprised when you start sleeping with each other. Okay, human nature is what it is. You have to have boundaries. You have to use wisdom. Okay, and uh, so don't complain about temptation when you're putting yourself in temptation's way. Let me share one really quick story. Uh, there was a friend uh, that we had for many years, a Christian friend, and I, I'm going to leave it as, as as, as broad as possible. He's not in this church. He's not even in this country. But um, I remember, uh, you know, he was dating this, this young lady. And, um, and, and next thing he shares with me about how he says, he says, you know, they, they got engaged. And he says, you'll never guess. He says, uh, my fiance is pregnant. And, and he was talking in a manner in which he, she had deeply wronged him. And I was like, oh. And he said, yeah, she's, you'll never believe it. She, you, She's pregnant. And he was just so and shocked. He was just about to get married, I think, only a little while after. And, and I said, oh. and, and the way he was talking, I said, and, and who's the father? <laughs> and he said, I am. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't act surprised that your fiance is pregnant if, if you've been sleeping together. The way he'd been talking, I was like, oh my Lord God, you know, what has she done to him? And uh, so... So I'm just simply saying is just use wisdom. Don't, and I'm not talking about using precautions. I'm saying do it God's way. Wait until and you're avoid married the appearance to have sex. Of evil. Avoid the appearance of evil. Have we got something to say about that? Yeah, no, okay. Well, I think with today's world, with social media and Instagram, there's a lot of stuff is posted that really is unnecessary and it can cause another person to stumble. Avoiding the appearance of evil. Don't putting yourself in temptation's way. Yeah, like weekends away and you're not married. It's just not appropriate. It's just not God's way, you know? And this, like I said, we're not trying to put legalism or condemnation on anybody. God loves you where you're at. But I'm just simply saying, Genesis 2, Pastor John read it at the beginning. For this reason, or did you read it? 
this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. The one flesh is sex, okay? Within the context of marriage, it's a blessing. And we say to all of the couples that we do pre-marriage counseling with, okay? Uh, I love a fire in the winter. Uh, a lot of times in the summer we need a fire as well. It's just Ireland, all right? But, uh, you know, a fire in the fireplace is a blessing because the fireplace was designed for it. A fire on my couch is a curse, all right? And, and, and so uh, sex within the confines of marriage of, of one man, one woman is a blessing because that's the way God ordained it to be. Sex outside of marriage of one man, one woman is a curse because it's, it's, you're not designed for that. You're not designed for that intimacy outside of a covenant. Marriage is a sacred covenant for, for life. And so this, this is what we need to understand. And so and we, yeah. we've had to fight against this because culturally there's so many things uh, and things that are going on in society. It's seeping in a major way into the church. And this yeah. is why it has to be spoken from the pulpit. Can I get an amen about that? It's not about being old fashioned. This is nothing or prudish or anything. It's about being biblical. That's the bottom line. It's about being biblical. I just God, want God will not bless you if you're sleeping together. And time and time again, we've observed people, and when that happens, open the door to the devil in a big way. It's just, it's just so, so sad to see. But there's just a few scriptures, uh, three scriptures I want us to finish on. First uh, Corinthians 15:33. It says, "Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits." Or another version says, "Bad company corrupts good character." So if you're hanging around with the wrong crowd. They're going to eventually affect you, whether you believe it or not. You can say, oh, I'm strong. I'm a strong Christian. No, it'll eventually affect you. And Proverbs 13:20 says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. The thing is, sin is pleasurable for a season, but it doesn't play down the road. All the different things, you can pick up diseases, you can pick up um, you'll, you'll pick up heartbreak, all the different things. If you just don't stand back and ask God, what is your will for me in this relationship? And so you may be watching online, you may be in here, and you've been having your hesitations maybe about a person. Just go before the Lord and be honest and open. Say, Lord, I want to know. I want the truth. I don't want any deception in my life. I want to know the truth because it's, it's what's best for me. You created me. You know what's best for me. He knows what's best for you. You think you know what's best for you, but God knows what's best for you. And so just remember, whoever you're around will eventually influence you positively or negatively. So get into the right crowd and get into church and serve in church. You'll meet your man in church. You may meet your woman in church, but just that's not the goal. The goal is to put God first to serve him. Amen. Amen. Just, just as I finish, I think there's one last area that, that we need to address, and that is persistence. You know, US President Calvin Coolidge said this, nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. So, you know, talent, ability, virtue, good looks is not enough. You have to persist. You see, they fail because they didn't persist. You know, Luke 18, I won't go there, talks about the parable of the persistent widow. And so, Maybe you're single and you're discouraged. Uh, don't, go, don't be discouraged, okay? And don't give in to frustration. Um, and, and don't buy into the lie that, that all the best men are either married or gay, okay? Or that the, the, you know, the ideal woman only exists in your imagination or on a, on a, 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 you know, a, a TV screen. No, um, you can make progress if you will persist, okay? Uh, Exodus 14, God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to go forward. And so maybe your heart was, bro was broken or you were betrayed. The answer isn't to shut down and give in to cynicism and frustration and, and just decide, you know, forget about it, okay? Um, because your negativity and your fear will cause the right person to be repelled from you if you have that attitude, okay? So you cannot look at life through the lens of the past. Just like Frozen, you know, you have to let it go, okay? Just, just, just let it go, yeah? It doesn't mean that what was done to you was right, or you, you deserved it, but you're just choosing to forgive 
Amen? And forget because you want to move on. That's why Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not consider things of old. I'll do a new thing. And also, I would say in terms of persistence, be open to new ideas. Okay? Um, online dating can actually work. We've, we've married quite a few couples that met online. And so don't rule out that you may, and please, I'm not talking about Tinder or or some of these other godless, you know, systems that kind of, you know, just commodify sex. And, And I'm not talking about that, but, you know, Christian connection and others do exist and people have met each other that way. I'm just saying, you know, don't, don't rule that out. Um, forget the former things, Isaiah 43. I'll do a new thing. So God has a plan for you and you can't step into your purpose as long as you're held by the past. So like I said, so maybe you failed or maybe you were divorced or maybe you had a a bad experience. Don't rule out what God can do in the future based on what you've experienced in the past. So like I said, so maybe it didn't work out with Billy Bob, but you know what? God has the right person. You will you will, you will find love. You, you will find the right person if you will simply trust God. Because let me say this as I finish. You know, Matthew 6 and verse 8. God is faithful. Your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Amen. So whether you're married or single, know this. God has this. He loves you. He sees you. He cares about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. So, you know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, like it says in Proverbs 4. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your steps.